y'all doing tonight? So can we get into the word? Is that okay? So if you was here this morning, let me just see a show of hands. If you was here in church this morning, God was good this morning, right? Everybody say availability. And tonight, I want to get into something different because there's a lot of things God wants to do. But I've found on this whole God journey, the greatest work is really what you're willing to leave behind. Right? Like as long as, like we, like we learned this morning, as long as you make yourself available, God will fill it. As long as there's room, God will move. As long as there's willingness, God will act. And so really, this has been a journey of unlearning for me. I was able to say yes because I was able to say no to some stuff. I was able to look forward at some stuff because I stopped looking back at some stuff. And if you're taking notes, my message tonight is don't look back. Y'all ready? Well, Holy Spirit, I thank you right now. I invite you in this place. And I thank you for the word that you want to share tonight, God. I pray every single one of us leaves stirred, convicted, bothered, agitated, but passion, the passion filled to act tonight, God. Convict every heart. Touch every spirit. Wake up every person in this room tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight's going to be one of those messages where I don't actually want you to take notes on what I'm preaching. I'm going to speak, but the Holy Spirit is going to do a customized version of this message for you tonight. As I talk, as I bring up some topics, you're going to get names in your head. Things are going to come up in your spirit. And I want you to go home from this message with a to-do list for what you need to do to do business with God to walk into your best 2020. You ready to go? So get your phone, your app, your pen, your paper. Do whatever you got to do because we about to move. But everybody look at your neighbor and say, don't look back. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 43, verse 18. I'm reading from the Amplified Bible. I just like it. just breaks it down. Check this out. Do not earnestly... Remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it, and will you not give heed to it? That's crazy. Like God can be doing new stuff sometimes, and sometimes you may not even perceive that it's happening. You may not actually know what's going on, or even if you do perceive it and know it, will you listen to the new thing that God is doing? See, I'll be honest with you guys. Tonight, I didn't come to bring you a new word. I just wanted to create room for the word God has already spoken over your life tonight. So kill all that noise of, will God ever speak to me? Has he ever spoken? Honestly, anybody remember the old school radios with the knob? You had to tune to the station. Raise your hand if you ever had one of those radios. And do you remember, like, when you would have to tune in, you'd be trying to hit your station, but every now and then there'd be a station on top of your station. Does anybody remember that? And like you would do the best you could and it was like your broadcast was coming in but there was competing frequencies. That's what it's like when it comes to this journey. So I'm just trying to clear the noise. Because God's got a word and he's already been speaking it over every single one of you. So check this out. Right here, He's just like, do you not perceive and know it, and will you not give heed to it? 
I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, a way in the wilderness is direction, but rivers in the desert, that's provision. And sometimes we've done a lot of stuff and we made some ways, but there was no rivers. Or sometimes we saw rivers, but there was no way. And tonight God's about to bring it all into line. But isn't it interesting that as amazing as it all sounds, the opening challenge was don't look back. Like he's doing new stuff. He's making waves in the desert. He's making water. He's doing all this great. That seems like that's a no-brainer. Like why would you need to tell me to not look back as amazing as that sounds? Because people... We in this room are masters at creating idols of things we can see. See, I'll be honest with you. We know that God is a spirit. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. But this human body in its original design, we were created to worship a God we could see. We were supposed to have face-to-face communion with God, then sin got in the way. So there's something inside of humanity that keeps trying to want to worship what's in front of you. And so if we're going to worship God tonight, if we're going to let God do what he needs to do in us, we've got to get some stuff out of us. You feel me? So check this out right here. I got a couple challenges, a couple questions. And remember, don't take notes on what I'm saying. Take notes on what God speaks in your heart as we go. Y'all ready? So I want to look at my buddy in Scripture And his name is Abram at this time. Abraham, whatever you want to call it. But I see some stuff in his story that messed me up to my core. And it is a perfect example of someone that kept letting what was behind mess up what was in front of them. And also a guy named Lot. Let's look at the first one. The first thing I want to talk about that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you on is some of you need to stop looking back at past relationships. Ooh, you felt it right there. Mm-hmm, right there. That was it. The name's already starting to form. But look at what it says in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Didn't it just say like two seconds ago to leave your family and all your relatives and all that stuff behind? So who's Lot? See, as we studied, we found out that Lot is Abraham's baby nephew, which also tells us something because in Hebrew culture, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to tag along. You can't do that. Lot had to be sent for. He was requested. See, God had asked Abraham to go into a new amazing season. It was so amazing, it was so new that it was unfamiliar. And maybe somewhere along the line, Abraham got scared. So he decided to grab a cuddle buddy, a security blanket, a little token from his past to make him feel comfortable as he walked into his future. See, Abraham thought that dragging along something was better than walking with God, even though some days it feels like nothing. 
Some of us sometimes do it with relationships. Well, we know it's wrong, but hey, it's better than nothing, right? Well, I, I can't really walk into this season alone. Can, can I really go with, I mean, I mean, God, this, this is a lonely road. God, you're asking me to do something new here. Hold on. This is uncharted territory. Hold on. What, what, what teddy bear from my past can I bring with me? This is what we start to do. And here's the craziest thing. What Abraham thought would be a source of comfort became one of the biggest things that robbed Abraham of joy as he was journeying to his promise. If you know this story, Lot was an idiot, y'all. Lot went straight to the worst part of Las Vegas in Bible times and decided to build a house right in front of the strip club. Like, seriously, Lot, why you got to build your house in front of milk and cookies? Like, seriously, why couldn't you go to any other establishment, any other subdivision? You chose the worst town and in the worst place. It's like, I'll settle here. Lot caused Abraham drama, started eating his food, his provisions, and here's the craziest one of all. This messed me up. Do you know Lot ended up getting half of the promised land that was entitled for Abraham? Let that sink in. The thing you thought would bring comfort into your destiny ended up taking half of your destiny with it. And I'll be honest, I love y'all enough to say that some of y'all have dragged a lot of lots with you thus far. And it's now the year 2020. And God's trying to do a new thing. And he wants to breathe life into you, yet you're dragging along dead bodies with you. God is saying, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things for old. Some of y'all believe in God for new relationships, yet you still like in every photo from your ex. Just take notes, just write it down. Remember, just write it down. Like some of us are so stuck in the past. Oh, let's just be friends. Like you, you literally, like, like if I look at your Instagram followers, it is just a soap opera of dysfunction. Yet you still tolerate it in your life as if it would really be horrible for you to cut them off. See, I know there's some men in this room that you play around with people because you are afraid to cut people off. There's girls you got right now that you know they like you, and you know that you don't think that any of them the one, but yet you know one of them's good for a ride, she's good for laundry, this one is good for this, and we keep people on the team because we don't know how to be, because we don't want to feel like a jerk. But in your desire to try to be chivalrous men, you end up being the worst of all. And ladies, you already know you do this, so you, I mean, don't even look at me like that, you know what I'm saying? Don't even play, don't even, just, just look away. Some of y'all sitting next to a lot right now, you know what I'm saying? So just, just look straight ahead. Just look straight ahead. And, and God will do it. But it, guys, this is true. Like, guys, I literally almost got married before I met my wife to a girl that had her whole thing all figured out. And I had no idea what I wanted to be. I was hurting, I was broken, I was messed up. I knew it was wrong, I knew it wasn't God. And I was about to just go along with it because I thought at least having someone was better than being alone. 
But that was a season I didn't have a local church. I didn't have family. I didn't have men speaking into my life. I didn't have father figures in that season. So she became my church. But y'all don't have any excuse in here tonight. You are part of one of the most vibrant moves of God I have ever seen. This church is dripping with quality moms and dads, ready to love you. Yet if I had five minutes with your phone, would I even know that you believe in God? I hope you feel uncomfortable. I hope that offended you. I hope you get hurt tonight. I hope you go home so hurt and so agitated you change. But it's not just the young people. This is marriages too. Let's be real. Some of you still got your college buddies that you know they're the same idiot they was when you graduated. Yet they're still your friends. We have, we're, we're, our world is saturated with people where we have more history with someone than we have destiny with them. And I just want to wake you up tonight that God is asking you to stop looking back. So this is a day where I need, I hope some names are appearing upon your paper right now. Some old relationships, some old work colleagues, some old classmates, even some family members. Lord, no, we love them. But holler at them at the next family reunion. They don't need to be in your house eating your food. You, like, let's be honest, some of y'all paying people's bills that God never asked you to pay. And now you frustrated while you're struggling financially and can't walk in the call of God that he has for your life. Yeah, I hope that one hurt too. Because we've got this warped sense of loyalty, yet we dishonor the spirit of God when he said, you need to let that person go. I'm going to go a step further. Moms and dads, there's some, there's some parents in this room, and you got children that are adults now. And they're not going the way you want them to go. Some of you guys are brothers and sisters, and no, you never stop praying for them. But you need to stop making excuses for them also. Some of you guys are enablings. I did 13 months in a drug rehab. And one thing I've learned being in recovery long enough is you've got to actually train the family members even more than you have to train sometimes the person with the addiction. And I need some of you guys to let some people go. One of the greatest things my parents ever did for me was when they knew I was living a sinful life and I was not about to stop. They said, we love you, son, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You got to find somewhere to sleep tonight. That was one of the greatest things they ever did for me because it took me on a journey of feeling what it felt like to be outside of God's covering. And some of you are delaying and enabling people's brokenness because you feel guilty. And it's robbed, and it robbed you of joy in 2019. It exhausted you. And now here we are, another season, and God is trying to do a new thing. And you've got to understand healthy boundaries tonight. Enough is enough. Stop looking back. Never stop praying. But you have to be a good steward of your time, your resources, and your energy. Does that make sense? Write that down. The next one I want to talk about is past failure. So remember, we just heard this amazing word that was spoken over Abraham, that God's going to do all this new stuff, and that God is going to make him a great nation, and all this amazingness. And look at what Abraham says right here in Genesis 15, verse 2. But Abraham replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? What? What good are your blessings? Let that sink in. That's how much failure had taken a hold of Abraham. 
that he was able to look at a promise of God and say, what good is this? See, ladies and gentlemen, I need you to stop looking back at everything you feel like you didn't accomplish, every mistake from your past. Stop looking at it as a, as a mark of shame. But when you submit it to the grace of God, it will become a badge of honor. Guys, I'll be honest. I used to be so ashamed of the mistakes I made. Just in case you didn't know, I've been kicked out of Bible college twice before I finally graduated the third time. I'm an idiot. But by God's grace, he put me around some great people. But I had to stop making excuses from my past. I had to stop saying, well, God, but this and this happened, but I can't do this. But ain't nobody in my family ever done this. Well, all, everybody did this and all these mistakes happened. I had to stop looking back. Because the more you focus on what God's not doing, you begin to ignore what he's trying to do. Guys, your brain is a magnifying glass. And whatever you focus on gets really big. And everything else in comparison gets really small. And so tonight, I want you to start focusing on the promises of God. I want you to focus on the truth of God. If you, hear me guys, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but he who walks with fools will be destroyed. I need you to do an audit of your friends and your relationships. And if you've got more people that can joke around and call you an idiot, then you have people that can speak into your life and say you're a man and woman of God. You need to make some changes. You got to do some different things because sometimes we've got too many of the wrong people that make us feel comfortable and our mess and our dysfunction and it's time to stop looking back and look forward to the new thing God is doing. Look at your neighbor and say, don't look back. See, and if this focus on failure goes unchecked, your perception of God's power begins to weaken to the point that you will take God's position in your life. It got so heavy for Abraham and his wife, that they said, maybe God's not going to do it. You know what? Let's fulfill God's prophecy our own way. And they tried to manufacture the purpose and the promise that God said he was going to do. And they gave birth to a son named Ishmael, and Ishmael became a problem for Isaac, and it became this horrible, sad drama. And that simple act of disobedience grew into an entire nation that now hates God. Don't look back tonight. My mom used to tell me something. She said, Blake, decisions in your life are long-lasting and life-changing. I never knew what she meant, but I get it now. See, some of you, the pain you feel, the war going on in your head, it's not actually just your war. For some of you right now, the devil hates your grandkids that aren't even born yet. There's legacy that is being battled for. See, the devil's tried to destroy my life when my grandfather committed suicide when my dad was 16 years old. That sent him on a spiral that robbed him of a father so he didn't know how to be a father when he became one. See, the, the, the devil tried to rob me of love the moment my Baptist military grandfather on my stepdad's side never told my, my stepdad three words, I love you. So my stepfather was emotionally insular and struggled to communicate with me. And, I, and it wasn't until I was 27 years old, already married with two kids, was the first time my stepfather shared with me some of his struggles when he was a teenager. I remember sitting at Denny's looking at him and I was like, Dad, you were the first man I saw on his knees praying. You were the one who taught me about God. But, Dad, you never shared any of your mistakes. 
And so when I was a hormone-filled 16-year-old boy, I felt like you were so perfect and I was so not. So I pushed you away because I didn't know that you could understand my pain. Do not let your past consume you guys. It's time to stop looking back and stop letting the enemy rob you of your dignity and your purpose. But it's time for us to look forward and let God do his best work in you. This is an Ephesians 3, 19, 18, 19 season. Like this is a season of fullness to overflow. But if I'm busy looking back, I don't have enough room for God to do anything new. See, obsessing over what God has not done yet can just rob you of what God is about to do. And so as I share that topic, what I want you to start writing down is some of the mistakes you feel you're too ashamed to talk about. I need you to start writing down seasons. I need you to start writing down months and even years. Jobs lost, relationships broken. I need you to start getting this Holy Spirit in you to start revealing some things that you need to surrender because we're going to come to the altar at the end of tonight, just in case you didn't know. Folk are going to get saved and lives are going to be changed. It's going to happen, but I need you to know what you're laying down at the altar. So let God begin to minister and speak to you because you are not your mistakes. You are the glory and the workmanship and the masterpiece peace and the craftsmanship of God. If you're in this room, God is going to move and he's going to restore you and he's going to rebuild you. See, I love my wife. She almost died of a drug overdose when she was 16 years old at a party. Somebody put LSD in something that she smoked and she didn't know. And as she lay on the ground, foaming at the mouth, but in her mind, she could still call out to God. She said, God, if you're real, please save me. Two days later at her school, a big Black man with a saxophone by the name of Reggie Dabbs came. And he did a presentation at my wife's school. When that man hugged her, without even mentioning the name of God, she felt his love and she burst into tears. That weekend she ended up getting saved. And God began a journey of restoration and healing. But she felt impure. She'd given herself away, her body away. She had done things she could never get back. And God began to take her on a journey of healing, wholeness, and purity. And as a father of daughters, I speak to every young woman in this room today. You are not damaged. You are not broken. No matter what mistake you've made, no matter what thing you've done, no matter what you thought, well, if, if I let him do this, then I'll feel this kind of love. Regardless of what it is, God is going to heal you and restore your dignity and your purity tonight because the love of God is in the future business. It's time to stop looking back. Because let's be honest, you know the crazy thing is you ever had those moments where you like you make a mistake and you're like, oh, well, and you just keep on making more mistakes? You ever had that moment? That's when your past consumes you so much that it becomes your new negative future. And, well, I'm broken anyway. I'm already a mess. I'm, and we start making excuses and letting ourselves fall deeper and deeper and deeper. It robs marriages. I can't tell, me, I can't tell you how many couples I've had to counsel where it's like this thing. Like they're, they're married and they love God and they're in church, but they still feel like they can't even give their spouse the best because they still have stuff that's not healed. Tonight, some of you can't even look forward correctly with your spouse because you're still looking back at some things you're ashamed of. And God is going to bring healing and restoration to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, don't look back. And lastly, as the team joins me, the last category I want to talk about is past seasons. And this one is big because there's going to be some massive shifts coming spiritually for equippers globally. And even 
in a place as healthy and amazing as this when the move of God is a constantly moving move of God, some people can get stuck on, well, you know, I like 2019 equippers. I'm not sure if I like 2020 equippers. Like, you, you, you're not even at the new building yet. You're not even sure if you're going to like it. You know what I mean? Like, 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 you're complaining about things that haven't even happened yet. And I, and I need you to just, like, you know, like, just stop it. Because we can fall in love and even make a previous move of God an idol. Oh, well, you know, you know what? I mean, you know, Josh is cool, but he's nothing like his dad. I know, horrible, right? <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but behold, I'm doing a new thing. And let me, and let me tell you, and, and look, and if you're struggling to get used to this, you ain't, and look, let me tell you about summer revolution, boy. Them kids up to something. But we've got to stop getting so stuck. See, I call it the love song analogy. See, 10 years ago when I got married, the love song that me and my wife, just, it kind of just encapsulated us. was a song by Alicia Keys called Unthinkable. And it was like, that was our song. I was wondering maybe if you make me my baby. If we do the unthinkable, would it make us look crazy? If you ask me, I'm ready. Because from first date to three, to, to, to will you marry me for me and my wife was three weeks. We got married six months later. So we thought it was, it was crazy and unthinkable, but that was our song, right? But now guess what? My daughters, their love song is like Baby Shark. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what the heck is going on. But even before that, I've been at family reunions where, you know, Uncle Lester, he come around, hey, look at y'all, boy. Oh, that ain't a love song. Least Keys, let me tell you about a real love song. Let me tell you about Aretha Franklin, you know what I'm saying? And it's so funny how each generation has their moment when the love was real. And that's beautiful. We honor that. But then it's cruel for you to deny that God could do something new. And it happens in life, it happens in styles of church, it happens within a church, and I just feel, I, I feel to say this prophetically, I need you to guys to get ready for a new love song. I need you to get ready for a new love song. I need you to get ready for a whole new move, a whole new expression, a whole new passion, a whole new thing. God is about to do a new thing. Do not earnestly regard the former things. Do not remain of the days of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Need us to stop getting stuck on the past. I need us to stop getting caught up with everything that's behind us. See, as I close, I want to read you the story from Genesis 19. This is good old Lot, verse 15, and it says, At dawn the next morning, the angels became insistent. This was talking about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Hurry, they said to Lot. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here. Get out right now or you will be swept away in the destruction of the city. And when Lot still hesitated, the angel seized his hand and the hands of his wife and two daughters and rushed them to safety outside the city for the Lord was merciful. I'm so grateful for the mercy of God because there were some days I did look back. But God in his love and mercy, he pulled me into a new season. The blood of Jesus, the cross pulled me and I'm grateful for his mercy. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, run for your lives and don't look back. 
or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Oh no, my Lord, Lot begged. You've been so gracious to me and saved my life and you've shown such great kindness, but I cannot go to the mountains. Guys, he's literally arguing with an angel that is trying to save his life. Every pastor and e-group leader say amen right now. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I can't go there. Surely, hey, look, the disaster would catch me. I would soon die. See, here's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? It sounds like how we negotiate with God. God, I, I don't want full obedience, God. Let me just, let me just go halfway, God. Look, it's just, it's just a little bit. I mean, it's better than where I am now. And we negotiate destiny with God when you are obsessed with looking back at your past. And here's the scariest part of this whole passage. He said, see, there's a small village nearby. Please let me go there instead. Don't you see how small it is? Then my life will be saved. Scariest two words of this whole story, all right. See, God's a gentleman. And he'll let you go to little small towns. He'll let you stay in half obedience. He'll let you see only half breakthrough because he won't force you. All right, the angel said, I'll grant you your request. I will not destroy the little village, but hurry, escape to it, for I can do nothing until you arrive there. And this explains why that village was known as Zoar, which means little place. And Lot reached the village as the sun was rising over the horizon, and then the Lord rained down fire and burning sulfur from the sky on Sodom and Gomorrah. He utterly destroyed them along with the other cities and villages of the plain, wiping out all the people and every bit of vegetation. But Lot's wife looked back as she was following behind him and she turned into a pillar of salt. In Hebrew culture, the primary use of salt was not for seasoning, it was for preservation. Salt was used as the Hebrews refrigerator. You would put dead things in salt when you wanted to keep it lasting longer. Lot's wife turned into a giant pillar of preservative of their past. And some of you know people that are so salty. Always stuck in back in the day. Always stuck in, oh, remember the last move of God? Well, you know, when Pastor Bruce, when he started this thing, that's when it was really good. Oh, remember the good old days? And like, you, you know what I'm talking about. People where they're so caught up in, well, well, well I mean, how it used to be. Well, well what about this and, and kill all that? Don't look back. God is trying to do something new in your life right now. I am tired of seeing pillars of salt in God's house as you are stuck focusing on that ex and on that relationship that is dead and done, but you haven't recovered, still liking all the posts on that business that failed, and so you can't start a new business because you're still shook by the failure of your last thing, by the last move of God, by the last church that hurts you, by the last thing that happened. Don't look back. It's time that God to do a new thing in your life. Don't look back. Don't look back. The fullness, fullness to overflow. That's what this season is about. Don't look back. Don't look back tonight. So whatever it is, it's time for you to do business with God. It's time for you to surrender and get real. 
Whatever the name is, whatever the season was, whatever the thing is, you know it and the Holy Spirit is showing it to you in neon lights. You may not even know how to fully look forward, but it's time to ask for an encounter with God tonight. It's time to put some things in place so you can begin. Because some of y'all walking in the church with neck problems because you're trying to walk forward, but you can't even look to the new thing because you're so caught up with yesterday. But it is 2020 and the year after our Lord's death. And I am ready for God to do a new thing in your life. Behold, I am doing a new thing. God wants to bless you, establish you, awaken you, appoint you, and release you into the new thing. But you can't walk forward looking backwards. Your body was made to go in one direction. And it's time tonight 